This is the House Call. Welcome to the House Call podcast. We're back. We're back. Another exciting week of football. Here's our first Slater reviews and some news for you. So first things first, Kenny Pickett has officially been named the starter ahead of the Steelers matchup with the Bills. So after Trubisky's poor performance, he's pulled, he got benched, Pickett is the guy. I'm optimistic for Pickett, but I'm really not expecting him to go out and be a world beater. Let's move forward here. So Cardinals have officially waived Andy Isabella after three plus underwhelming seasons. Another guy I thought would be great, really couldn't get going. Hopefully his next stop is leads to greatness. Been a fan of his. But let's move forward here. Cordell Patterson, who has sustained a uh, knee injury, I believe, is now on IR and is slated to return November 6th. So with that being said, without Cordero Patterson, Rob, what are your expectations for the Falcons? You might as well implode the team. I don't think that they're going to... that He just provides that element where he could play a running back, he could be a wide receiver. Uh, I really wanted to keep him on the Patriots just because he... Anytime the man touches the ball, he, has, he threatens to score a touchdown. He's just that good. Um, and... Not having that element in your offense, I don't know who they have as a backup. I really, he's just, he's very good. Nick? Yeah, I'll just, uh, basically agree with, with Rob there. I don't, I, Cordero's such a, such a playmaker to lose, wide receiver and running back. Uh, he does it all for you. So I never, I never thought the Falcons were that good to begin with. So I think that it, it's just going to get worse on from here for them. Okay, Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, the running back position is a concern. You have uh, Tyler Algier is going to be their backup, and then they're going to have to sign some people. And he came from, if I'm not mistaken, a seventh-round pick. He might have been a little bit higher, but he was a low-round pick. And one thing that could be interesting out of this is they've been very dependent on their run game with Cordero Patterson and he's kind of opened up the passing game. Kyle Pitts has been very absent from this Atlanta Falcons offense from what we expected and what we saw last year. I'd be curious to see if they are more dependent on the passing game and if Marcus Mariota has a bigger need for his tight end uh, especially in shorter yardage situations. Oh, most definitely. I am... It does make me a little sad as a resident of Atlanta to see such a key piece of the Falcons go down. You look at them now, they're in obviously a rebuild, a transitional period. You lose the greats of Matt Ryan, Julio, and now you have Cordell Patterson as your focal point of the offense, if you will. I'm not going to give that to Pitts yet. Now with him being gone for that period of time, I really don't have high expectations for what the Falcons are going to be able to do. Let me ask you guys this. Without Cordero Patterson, do you see him winning any of these games? No, he's no, 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 no. You look at their, his attempts. It's 58. It's 58 attempts in his report. That's 14. He's pretty much middle of the pack as far as like a starting running back goes. He still is top four in rushing yards. 340 yards, tied for fourth in touchdowns. He averages 5.9 for attempt. That's eight. 
he's disgusting. You miss that you have that element that's taken out of the game. They start loading the box and they start demanding, uh, daring you to throw the football. Most definitely. I, and you look at Marcus Mariota. He's not somebody that's going to kill you when it comes to throwing the football. He's shown that in Tennessee, the few times he took the field when he was with the uh, Raiders, he's someone that if you make him throw the football, that is a key to beating him. So. It's going to be a tough for, uh, slate of games for the Falcons. But let's go ahead and move forward here to another uh, notable running back injury. So Denver Broncos starter Javante Will- Williams will miss the rest of the season with a torn a- ACL. And it's also been revealed that he's tore his LCL and his posterior lateral corner in his knee. So that's a tremendous knee injury and a long road to come back for. With that being said, you guys, with the Broncos losing that key piece of the offense, yes, you still have Melvin Gordon. Rob, what are your realistic expectations for the Broncos now with uh, that injury? With him now being the starting running back, we've already seen what he does when he gets touches. This guy cannot hold on to the football. He fumbles the ball just about every time he touches the football. Now you got a guy who sh- who I don't understand – why in the hell they are splitting touches to begin with? Javante Williams should have been having a like at least a sixty to forty percent uh touch rate. And I look the guy was getting not as much and now that you have him out of the I, I think the Broncos are gonna implode. Jerry Judy was he has injury concerns if I'm not mistaken. And it, it just looks like you hack at their coach. Everything about this team just like concerns me. Which is why I, t- I said I was either them or the Raiders are going to finish last in this division, and now this just kind of shares it up. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, so I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, Melvin Gordon as your lead running back that that's not going to that's not going to help the offense. I already had concerns with this offense. Russell Wilson's not looking like himself, so taking away his RB one, the guy that they could lean on to 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 for this run game and for the play action. It's going to be completely taken away, and I think it's just going to be that much harder for Russell Wilson and those wide receivers now. Okay. Tom? Yeah, this is a huge blow for an offense that, that, like y'all have been saying, already didn't have a lot to be excited about, and I felt like we were just finally seeing some flashes of that offense on Sunday, and then this happens. And then let's not forget Melvin Gordon – is also nursing an injury right now, and he was a limited mar- participant on Monday. So you have 29-year-old injury-prone Melvin Gordon, who has had a lot of fumbles this year. I think four already this year, and he's not even—he's uh, not even the only running back. He's been splitting carries. He had a 68-yard a fumble that was returned for 68 yards in the last game. I remember it because it was Deron Harmon, former Patriots. So shout out there, but. No, they're in trouble and coming off, coming off both of their running backs being injured, one out for the season. Now they have to play a game in London on Thursday, a game that I thought was winnable against the Colts, but I mean, Russell Wilson's gonna have to pass, so we'll see what happens. So yeah, looking at, uh, the offensive coordinator came out and said that he was basically a limited participant during Tuesday's walkthrough, so that's not a good voting sign for this game that's coming up. Now, they've brought in Latavius Murray off the Saints practice squad. Now, this isn't the Latavius Murray Murray of the Raiders who was that speedster who 
was pretty good in his day. This is, you know, a shell of his former self. With that being said, looking like you're going to have to rely on a lot of the mere production from a guy like Latavius Murray, what is your guys' realistic expression, expectations of the Broncos now? They're going to do what I said they're going to do, implode. Uh, I, look, if you got a guy in Russell Wilson who's shouting to tell, telling everybody else on the field how, what plays they should be doing and how he's basically trying to be a coach and, and, and it's just like, it's not supposed to, that's not, I guess he's the leadership quality he's supposed to do it, but like everything about this team just doesn't give me any, any confidence that going forward. And I don't believe that their schedule is any, getting any easier. So especially being in that division where the Chiefs are now starting to find their footing. They put 41 on the on a really good Tampa Bay defense. So, like, I look, you're, the Chargers, if they just get healthy, the Raiders, if they stop kicking themselves in their own ass, look, you're, I think the, the Broncos are 100% going to be the worst team in this, in this division, at least. Oh, most definitely. Uh, Nick, Tom, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, so... The, I think that the, they'll, they'll win a few games here and there just because Russell Wilson will, will have those games where he does look great. But I think majority of the games that he, that the Broncos play in, he'll look just like he's looked in the first four weeks and they'll continue to struggle on offense and move the ball. So it's not going to look, it's not going to, no win's going to be easy for them. Most definitely. Yeah. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side. And I think the Broncos looked pretty good to Russell Wilson, but now I think he's wishing he was back home with the Seahawks. I'm glad you brought that up, Thomas, because I'll give you one statistic. Hey, you think Geno Smith is doing better than Russell Wilson? Because he is. Uh, If you look at this, I actually had this in my notes. 80 of 131, 980 passing touchdowns, four touchdowns, one interception. 102 passing attempts. No, 132 passing attempts. 102. Two completion, 77.3 completion, 7 percentage, 1,037 passing yards, 6 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. You would probably think that that was Russell Wilson, right? No, that's Geno Smith. Geno Smith is outperforming Russell Wilson by, like, a lot. With that being said, let's let's go ahead and move and look at some more lighter, unfortunate news here. So, Antonio Brown is back in the news for all the wrong reasons. On the, the first... A video was leaked showing him exposing himself to guests at a hotel pool in Dubai. He also put out a tweet once that video came out, and he said, It's crazy to me that even after I retire, there's disinformation coming out about me. So with that being said, it seems like Antonio Brown is in the news for all the wrong reasons constantly. Rob, what are your thoughts on what's going on with Antonio Brown recently? This guy's a fucking nutcase. I, I don't understand it, uh, to be honest. I'm looking at him and I'm like, you have all these people that have done everything possible to put you in a situation where you could be back on the field and you just keep shooting yourself in the foot. You're you're a celebrity, dude. No matter if you're bad or good, if you were Johnny Menzel and you did something stupid, they're going to put you in the news. It's just how it is. Once you become an NFL player, you still have that stardom. You still have that celebrity power. So you're going to end up in the news. Doesn't make you more any more special than the next person. That's why nobody wants to bring you back in the NFL. I, I'm the guy should be in prison. He's lucky he did that in Dubai because I, I hope he never comes back here. Stay there. Nick, your thoughts? So it's every time he's in the he he's in the headline. It seems harder and harder to 
to justify what Antonio Brown has done. And uh, it, it just seems that he... He's, he, he keeps ruining his life, and we keep giving him the opportunity to say maybe he'll be, he'll be back in the NFL. He should he should not ever be back on the, on an NFL team, and uh, I don't even think we should give him that much coverage on ESPN or any other platforms. Most definitely, Tom. I agree with you, Nick, and don't worry, he will never be on another NFL team. And he burned those bridges a long, long, long time ago. As far as I'm concerned. When he quit that Buccaneers game and just left, I, I just had no interest in anything that he had to do anymore. I will say this. For him to call it disinformation, well, because because I felt I felt the need to. Uh, we are sports commentators. I just watched the video. I didn't read any tweets. I didn't. I just watched the video. And I, if that's disinformation, I mean, it looked like Antonio Brown to me. So, just. Charlie Mike, continue mission. What I find crazy to me is, like, I watched a video of Antonio Brown uh, from that era in Pittsburgh where, you know, he really started to take that rise and become one of the great receivers. And you had Le'Veon Bell also there before he got money hungry. And you still had a great Ben Roethlisberger. And you watched him talk, and he spoke like, a normal human being. He was able to carry on a normal conversation with the interviewer. You didn't see blonde mustaches or one blonde dreadlock. It, I hate to say it, but it seems like everything just went wrong after that hit from Vontez Burfitt. And I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, but this is seriously a prime example of like watching CTE and whatnot destroy somebody. And it's sad to me almost. It's, this I'm, is not, uh, no. I don't want to hear it. If that's I, what I, it I, is, Brandon. I I think I agree. CTE should be it's 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 terrible. Like it took lives, Junior Seau, but um, the culture in 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 Pittsburgh wasn't great either. I mean, look, I, I Le'Veon Bell. I don't know how many times he got hit, but just like him, Ben Roethlisberger, you got J, uh, Juju with his TikTok dances. There's no leadership there, and just who you are and what character you you get and then how you get to stardom like that kind of shifts how you you are for the rest of your career as far as i'm concerned i think juju he seems like he's getting better but like who you are i think going up to stardom is kind of who how you're gonna probably be for the rest of your career i think that just because these guys were getting ego ego um ego uh pushing and and just how they're operating that just that just catered to how they were going to be for the rest of their career. Antonio Brown, I, I don't want to hear any of that stuff. Like some of his things, I, he needs to get a handler or something because at this point, uh, I, I pray that when he gets older, there not too many people that gave up on him because in the sports community, he's burned God knows how many bridges up at those points. Most definitely. I do agree. And the whole, you know, making comments and doing things to – insult people like Tom Brady. We all know what he, he did to insult Tom and we're not really going to go into that. That's not necessary. That's it's ridiculous and, you know, hopefully he learned he learns and he's able to get it right. You know. No, I don't, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Because he's got people in his corner that are supporting that bullshit. And until you get somebody to like pull you aside and and tell you listen fucking stop it because Michael Irvin back in the day was a he, that guy Look what he did. And now look. 
he's, he's beloved. He's even though he cheers for the Dallas Cowboys, he's beloved. <laughs> I mean, he kind of has to. <laughs> you, you get you cut him some slack with that one. No. But I do get what you're saying, Rob, and I do think a lot of that issue falls on, you know, Mike Tomlin. You didn't have. I feel like Mike Tomlin really didn't go to those guys in that year and say, y'all got to get it together. Y'all got to, he shouldn't have, he didn't write the ship when there was still a chance to. Do y'all get what I'm saying? I feel like had they been under like a Bill Belichick, he would have, this never would have happened. He would have straightened this before it ever became this wild of a problem. But Nick, Tom, I feel like I've been saying a lot. You, you guys want to add anything? Uh, the only thing I'd add is is right along with everyone's saying, the first step to changing and to moving forward is admitting you're wrong. And that's what I have not seen Antonio Brown do. If he ever does apologize, it's because, you know, he wants to get something. He wanted to get on the Patriots. He wanted to get on the Raiders, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I have not seen him. For example, something like this. Does he not see that what happened was wrong? Does he, can he just say, can't he just start there and say, I messed up. I did something that was very wrong. I'm sorry. You know, and, and, you know, some, some might say, well, that's a, a private thing. Well, when that video is seen by millions of people all over the world, I'm sorry, maybe not millions, hopefully not millions. I'm sorry. That's not a private thing anymore. You signed up for this career you signed up for this fame he did i mean he's he's trying to be a rapper right now he's promoting himself so if you're gonna do that just start by admitting you're wrong and then and apologizing and then we can maybe move forward but i just don't see him doing that for anything i get it i totally get it and it's sad but life goes on Let's go ahead and let's look at a much happier topic, and let's look back at some of these fantastic games that we had recently. So first game is the uh, Jags and the Eagles. Rob, I'm going to let you lead off with this one. What did you think about this Jags and Eagles game? What did I say? Against a team that's actually good, I don't believe it. This is a game that if he pull, if he pulls it off against the Eagles, then, yeah, I'm on the Trevor Lawrence hype train. Other than that, they have been – Justin Herbert, who's injured, no Keenan Allen. Well, who else do they have? And then, so yeah, that's my thoughts. I don't know. And he proved it. And I said this Jack team is not good. And they proved it. 29 unanswered points. And that Eagles team is just kind of middle of the pack kind of defense. And you can move the ball on them. The Lions proved that, right? They versed the Lions. I think they scored 35 points on them. Um, Jalen Hurts is legit. I just think that he needs – he finally had a bad game. Uh, but Miles Sanders seems like he just – he's arrived. Uh, what else do I have in my notes besides Trevor Lawrence being very overhyped? Um, yeah, pretty much. I was right. You, you guys were on the Jags hype train. I said when they versus a real team. And that garbage that garbage touchdown that they got, I, I, I told you, I, I looked at this team and I was like, they're not, they're nothing about this team really excites me. Fair enough, Nick. Yeah, so uh, I was I was a little bit wrong about the Jaguars. A little bit. They uh, Trevor Lawrence did have one of his worst days where he he reverted back to last year where he just started fumbling every every other quarterback that he is. Yeah, that that could be also true, but um, I think that the Eagles run run off on the run game on their offense is 
is one of the top three in the NFL right now. So it's going to be insane, insane to stop. Uh, and the, the, the running backs are interchangeable, whether it's Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, or Jalen Hurts running. They're, it's chunk play after chunk play because the, the O-line is just phenomenal. Uh, on the Jaguars side, I, I mean, they, they started off well and then they just were just complete trash. Uh, there, I think there are some, some things to build on. They had five turnovers and only lost a game by eight points. So that's. They scored a garbage touchdown. That should have been way worse than eight points. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of, one of Jalen Hurts, uh, throws was a tip pass that in, uh, went into an interception. Look, you have so, to have the Jag, you have to have the Eagles play pretty much one of the worst games. I don't think that was any good game that they played. And Jalen Hurts really reminds me of a crossbreed between Russell Wilson and, and, and Carson Wentz. In his, in his prime when Carson Wentz was just dicing up the league. <clears throat> the kid is just like, he's going to be unstoppable if he just gets some more confidence. And he seems like he does have that. Yeah. Tom? Yeah, definitely the story was not so much the Eagles winning, but the Jaguars just giving them uh, the game time and time and time again. Uh, I will say, yeah, the Eagles definitely struggled on offense, but we are seeing the same things we've seen all season, which, like you talked about, Nick, a great running game. And also, A.J. Brown has just completely changed that passing game. And we see it every week. And I think we're going to keep seeing it every week. That that was really a good investment in uh, trading for him. What I, what I will say is this. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, 11 of 23, an interception, and four <laughs> lost fumbles he absolutely gave the game away and this is one that i didn't actually watch live i don't remember i think i was watching the Patriots game at the time but uh what i did have was the play-by-play because i always have the play-by-play of all the games or just the box score and it just was time and time and time again <laughs> that the jaguars were driving they looked like they had something and then a fumble and then another fumble <laughs> At the start of the fourth quarter, when they were down by seven in the middle of the fourth quarter, uh, let's see, three minutes left in the second half, just all these key drives, key moments, they fumbled the ball. I have a little bit of optimism for the Jaguars. You and do. the reason is because of who their head coach is. All right? The difference between when Trevor Lawrence had a game like this last year, which he had a few, um, he had a coach that was just a dumpster fire and all these terrible things were going on. Now he has a game like this and he has Doug Peters. So Trevor Lawrence you can hate him all you want. He has a lot of natural talent. Yeah, he got thrown into a situation in Jacksonville that I don't think any rookie quarterback is going to perform well in that situation. I don't think Joe Burrow, if he'd been drafted number one overall back then, uh, I think went to the Bengals. Come on, man. Yeah, Burrow, Burrow was Burrow was a a year before. Let's say that he was was that year to the Jaguars. I don't think he would have had as good of a first year. So I'm not I'm not particularly high on Lawrence myself, but he has talent. He has arm strength. He has accuracy. So I trust the coaching, and I think these fumbles, these mistakes, it's going to get better. Jaguars. You know, they're not a real contender, but they can win some games. Oh, they got yeah. the Texans coming up. They'll win that game. Yeah. But other than that, they got what? Next after that, they got 
They got the Colts. Okay, they'll win that game too. So they they really have seemingly easy games, and y'all y'all will talk them up like crazy, and then they'll come and verse a game. Where is it? Week seven, where they're versing the Giants. The Giants have no quarterback. Okay, they'll probably beat the, the Giants. Okay. <laughs> they, 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 uh, they win the next three. The question <laughs> is, who's who's the best team in the AFC South? Jaguars, Titans, Colts, or Texans? And I'm gonna end this well, every year that we're asking to be this. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I I could send Helen Keller at quarterback in that division. She'd probably have a better season than half these quarterbacks. Yeah. Now. Let me ask y'all this question though before we move on. Let's let's say the end of this season, where the Jags stand now, regardless of what happens, nine times out of ten they won't make the playoffs. If you're yeah, the will. Jags, yeah, they will. They're they're scheduled. It, they have this in week nine. They got the freaking um, they got the Broncos. Week uh, was it week nine? In week nine they have yeah, let me second. No, week nine they have the Raiders. Week eight they have the Broncos. It doesn't get hard until they verse the Chiefs in week ten. They're gonna get the shit kicked out of them in week ten, and I'm gonna be back on here telling while well, you guys are Oh my god, he's went on a win streak, they're so great, and I'm gonna be like, Okay, wait till they verse a good team again. Oh no, they lost by forty. I mean you may be right, Rob, but at the I point, am right. He's you're right. But here's the thing though. They got lucky with the shit, with the terrible schedule. If they, you know, are... I, I called it. I called it. I told you. Who they versed? They versed the Commanders. They versed the Chargers with basically everybody injured. And they versed what? Who else? There was another team. Uh, okay. Yes. Or, it, no, it was the Colts. So I rested my case after that. And y'all were like... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Do you still consider Doug – where is Doug Peterson on your list of great coaches now? Oh, he's a damn good coach. I just don't have no faith in Trevor Lawrence. You go, you go against the Eagles, who their 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 defense is not great. They're not they're good, not great. You should be able to move the ball. You had 170 passing yards. Fuck out of here. Okay. Right. Before we move on, Trevor Lawrence or Mac, where do you go? Look at last year. That answers your question. Well, look at their situations. Look at their coaches. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, can you imagine if Bill Belichick had that raw talent in Trevor Lawrence? The guy that's, like, not committed to football? Yeah, I, I, look, we've heard this conversation when Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady and how that – look, I know it's we'll not – We'll never know. Well, maybe we'll never know or maybe <laughs> we will. <laughs> who, wait, wait, who the hell did Mac have to throw to last year? You got Hunter Henry. He was injury bug in in, in the Chargers. You had Jonu Smith. Okay, I think we utilized him wrong. We had what? Kendrick Bourne is your number one. All right, bro, come on. I don't. Well, you, you can you can have both. I mean, I, I'm the last person to ever bash Mac Jones. He has a bright. Future oh no, Mac and, looks like but, shit right now. But it's Man. like oh, he had one game where he threw three interceptions, and this guy's fallen. But right. It's it's like when everyone was talking about Lamar Jackson, what if he was a Patriot? And a lot of people were saying, oh, but but Mac Jones is great. We don't need Lamar Jackson. It's like, okay, we can say Mac Jones is great. That doesn't change that Lamar Jackson is one of the best players in the NFL right now. You know what I mean? Like, you can have both. Trevor Lawrence, with his talent, 
with some Talent development. Talent doesn't win you games. He could win games. Talent does not win you games. I'm sorry. The, the co- you can say the coaching situation all you want. The coach doesn't go and throw the ball to the other team. And he did that a lot. He was number was he number one in the league in interceptions? Uh, I believe so, yes. No, I know so. He was. Terrible. Look, I, look I, until he proves to me otherwise when he goes up against a good team, because you can't say the Colts. Colts, look at how they look right now. Jonathan Taylor is now injured. Um, and then you got all the rest of the games that they played. They played the Commanders. Wentz is barely a quarterback. But who they, who else did they play? The Colts? The Tech? Did they play the Texans or they, they played, uh, the Chargers? Oh my god, the Chargers. Herbert had a rib injury. Austin Eckler had four touches. Keenan Allen's out of the game. JC Jackson's out. They had, look, they're, they're, that's our most fraudulent freaking win streak when their schedule is fraudulent as hell. And they'll win probably 10 games, but they'll be the weakest 10 ga- winning, 10 game, uh, team. I will, Jesus words. Ten okay. They'll be the weakest. Let's keep it going here. Before we get into this next game, I want to take a moment and acknowledge some of our sponsors here. Sundays are a ritual in my house. One important part of that routine is drinking liquid IV. I love staying hydrated, and liquid IV makes that so easy, especially when I have 12 hours of enjoying football ahead of me. There's so many delicious flavors. My personal favorite is passion fruit. One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates faster than just water alone. Get 25% off and free shipping when you go to liquidiv.com and use code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at checkout. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com and remember to use the code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast or click the link in the bio that we're back from our uh, sponsor break here. The Bills and the Ravens. One heck of a game. I, gosh. This changes my look on the Ravens entirely. It does. Um, my thoughts, uh, the, the Bills came out, played uh, played absolute trash in the beginning. I think that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens still have a lot to grow on. I think they've only been down two minutes of actual football time in four games. And they're somehow two and two. So if they didn't uh, have the implode against the Dolphins in the la- in the fourth quarter, and if and if maybe if they kick the field goal at the three and go up, maybe they're four and zero. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any any anything to panic on the Ravens side. I think Lamar Jackson will continue to do Lamar Jackson things. He did have a few bad throws where he got picked off on, but overall, I think that the defense. Played pretty well, holding that holding the Bills to 23 points, and they just they just couldn't. Uh, I think that was just bad bad coaching at the very end of the game from the Ravens. So if we're going based off what ifs, um, what if uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't the prime running back for the damn Ravens? Like this team, look, they should be one and three, not th- not three and one. Like this, look, I picked the Ravens to win this this game last last week, and I would have been right. If it happened, if there wasn't, maybe half of the football game needs to be played. Because for some reason, this defense, it, like, they're really killing Lamar Jackson. This team, this defense can't stop anything. You had what? Everybody just seemingly just moves the ball on them at will. I think they're bottom eight in every statistical category as far as, like, defense goes. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, do I really want to look at this team with the Ravens defense with how they were lauded as one of the best 
uh, defenses of, in prior years. Now that you look at this defense, you're like, what the hell is this? You you look good for three two three quarters, and then you just completely collapse. Um, Patrick Stonehands Queen, back-to-back weeks, dropping INTs. Well, thank you for dropping it during the Patriots game. <laughs> true, true. Tom? So, this is a story of a team that can... This is a story of a team that can finish games and a team that can't. So let's start with the team that can. All right. Last week, there was the incident with the offensive coordinator of the Bills just going crazy, going nuts. He was furious that they lost. And Josh Allen was interviewed, and he said, you show me someone who's okay with losing, and I'll show you a loser. All right. That was running through my brain when the Bills are down 20-3. to that's where you see, are they going to be okay with losing? Are they going to curl up and die? They had some some terrible plays, a, an ugly first quarter interception and, and then a fumble by Singletary, and the Ravens took advantage of it. They played well. It's a good defense. And little by little, play by play, the Bills worked their way back. Now, the other side of it, the Ravens' all-time record when leading by 17 or more points in their first, in 26 seasons, 103. They've won 100 times, they've lost three times. This season, when leading by 17 or more points, they have won once and they have lost twice. But that means 66% of the times that the Ravens have lost a game while leading by 17 plus points is in the first four weeks of this season. They're not finishing games. And look, nobody's questioning Harbaugh, he's a great coach, but yeah. On this play, and that, that's the thing. Bill Belichick has had these moments too. All the great coaches have these moments. On this play, he went with his heart and not his brain. Fourth and goal from the four-yard line, you kick the field goal, you take the lead. I don't know. Looking at the looking at this game, this, this is what this told me. When the Bills get healthy, you're not beating them. You're not beating them. They're, it's either them or the Chiefs. Them, the Chiefs, or the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm calling it, and I want to throw up just saying those three names. But it's that. That's how it is. It's those three teams because every every other team that you look in the, in the NFL, you're like a lot of what ifs. What if this? What if that? Tampa Bay's got their problems, and they almost. They, I don't want to say almost, but it, it just there's just way too many what ifs and I just looking at those three teams I can't see anybody beating those teams when time luckily two of them have to go against each other so let me this may be my hot take of the episode Ethan I'm not trying to step on your territory here but I feel like if you get Lamar Jackson a little bit better with his passing weapons because to me yes you have Mark Andrews and that's wonderful I don't think I don't think it's a problem I think that his defense just collapses completely, and he hasn't. And he needs a run game. Like J- I get J.K. Dobbins, but like it, he's not been the answer. Last bones, paper skin, if you ask me. But I mean, let me ask you honestly: if you get Lamar Jackson a hypothetically, let's say you get him a Tyree Kill, don't you think that team is four and zero? I tell you right now, you send him to Miami. Good luck beating that team. Oh. I would pay a lot of money to see Lamar Jackson and Tyree Kill on the same football field for the same team. Oh, that would be. I insane. wouldn't because that means he would be in our division. So fuck off. <laughs> he, he's already on. He's already in the MVP conversation. That would. It'd be without a doubt. He'd be MVP with the with, on the. I Dolphins. think right now the MVP has to be Patrick Mahomes. Right? Oh yeah. 
Josh oh. Allen is. I'd say Josh uh, Allen is still in, in, in that kind. No, I, I like I, Lamar. I, Lamar had a bad game too. I think Patrick Mahomes just. But he had a bad game against the Colts. I don't even think he had a bad game. I have to review his stats, but it wasn't great. I, look at how the, the Chiefs are moving right now without Tyreek Hill. That I can't. I hate Patrick Mahomes. I don't like him. He's too flashy. He just he does some boneheaded shit, and yet he he gets praised like he's Jesus Christ. I mean, he's gonna do it until somebody takes it away. They're and not some... gonna take it away from him. It works. Winning games. Exactly. With that, be- with that being said, let's keep it going. Let's the Patriots and the Packers. That game was interesting for more many many reasons, and I want to take a moment here to admit I was wrong. It wasn't Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia did a fantastic job. <clears throat> Even though we lost this game, I was very 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 impressed with what this team did against the Packers to take it to overtime with your rookie third string quarterback against a fantastic team when people were thinking we were going to get the brakes beaten off us is incredible now that I've done my apology tour here Mick what did you think about the Patriots and the Packers so I think that the 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 Patriots defense is is going to carry us to to some wins there's uh the the rookies are showing out. Jack Jones, it's number one cornerback rating on the week. I think that uh, the Belichick is just keeps continue grooming these cornerbacks, and every year we see a new cornerback become elite under Belichick. So uh, the defense will continue. The offense, I was super impressed by. Never thought we'd have a chance or even close to the chance against the Packers. So it was it was great to see. And uh, I think that if we actually did put some more pressure on and, and go for the win, that we, we, we could have came out there with a victory. So I look okay. at this game, and I'm like, okay, you throw a third-string quarterback in, you really shouldn't put too much pressure on him. Which is why Matt Patricia was a little bit more conservative than he should have been in the fourth quarter. However, with the game being that close, you can't really take that many risks because you make a mistake, kid throws an interception, which, by the way, his ball placement was fucking on point. I get it. I seen it. I was like 99 yards, whatever. He was throwing the ball when he was throwing it, like about ankle, about knee level. And I was like, okay, Mac Jones, please fucking write this down. I, I love Mac Jones, but like this kid's ball placement was on point. Uh, we got away with one on that damn delay of game that should have been. But there was also a horse collar tackle that was never a horse collar tackle by Brendan Schooler. I was looking at the game and I was like, Aaron Rodgers and that team just looks terrible. You almost lose to Bailey Zappi, who the kid just looked, he looked rattled for the first half, and all of a sudden he started getting his feet under him. That's when I would have started letting him rip that fucking ball. Um, but, I mean, looking at this team, they're probably not winning more than five games if Max can be out for a, a extended period of time. However, at this point, we're what sixth in, in draft position. Let that kid rip the fucking ball because this offense moves the ball, moves the ball, and that defense, the Packers. People think that oh my god, the Patriots are so terrible. You have a third string quarterback going against the Packers defense, which the best, the best in third down uh, uh, efficiency as far as defense goes. 
they were, I believe, 0-17 when when team two against them on third down, and we converted, I think, three or four third down. So, like, with a rookie, no less. One thing I do want to add before, Tom, you make your point here. Isaiah Wynn and Miles Bryant. Fucking get off the team. You fucking suck. You guys got to go. I mean, I don't... I lost track of how many penalties and how many blown assignments Isaiah Wynn had, but that was unacceptable. He's the reason why Hoyer got injured. Gosh. Tom, please go ahead. (laughs) So I have a few points on this game. Uh, Fairly quick ones because we've covered most of it. But Jack Jones is just an amazing talent. We got him in the fourth round before we drafted Bailey Zappi. And... I mean, he's playing like a first-round talent out there, so that was really a good find. People like to make fun of Bill Belichick and his drafting cornerbacks. Well, he seems to have hit it on this one. Jack Jones had a beautiful forced fumble and recovery, so he recovered his own fumble. Uh, just just a great player. Uh, Nick Folk added to his tally, so he is up to, I believe, 58 consecutive makes under 50 yards. So the legend continues. However, the fact that this Patriots team took Aaron Rodgers, I get it, that offense for Green Bay is not clicking the way it usually does for a lot of reasons, but still, took an Aaron Rodgers-led offense to overtime is a testament to this amazing defense and amazing play calling, and at least on defense, and then on offense, I agree, maybe a little too conservative at the end, but you're working with what you have. Two quick things, though. This season, the Patriots had the most turnovers by an offense through four games since 1994 for the Patriots. And that was at halftime. Uh, a good thing, Zappi had his first touchdown pass of his career and also the first rookie to throw a touchdown pass this season, which is crazy to think about. And then real quick, on the Packers side... We need to mention Rodgers had his 500th career touchdown pass. He is one of five players ever, regular and postseason combined. And Matt LaFleur quietly has the best winning percentage of any coach in NFL history in a minimum of 50 games, and it's not even close. So I get it. It's early in his career, but just crazy start he's having. Looking at this game, Patriots fans, this you should eat your crow. If you think if you think Bill Belichick or Matt Patricia is the problem, you you don't know football. I will say that. And the fact that we took a third a third string quarterback took Aaron Rodgers in a game where he had his 500th touchdown, so the, just a, uh, just a moment it couldn't be any bigger. And seemingly like they knew that we couldn't really pass the ball, and yet 24 freaking points. Jack Jones, going back to him, he was the first uh, rookie cornerback, I believe, to have an interception. Uh, I mean, a pick six, uh, forced fumble, and fumble return in a game. So uh, if you close your eyes and you just, like, listen to the play calling, I, I was listening. I was thinking Jack, uh, J.C. Jackson. I was like, this kid's J.C. Jackson. And he, he may have – he might get better. He may become better. This kid oh. looks really special. And for all the people that think thought this, you have no Jalen Mills. You have no Mac Jones. Uh, who else? There's, there's just – Lawrence Guy. Marcus, Mark, Marcus Cannon uh, gets thrown into the game. As soon as he went out and as, as I, Isaiah Wynn went out and Marcus Cannon went in, our offensive line would look just stellar. Mm-hmm. 
but it's Rob, as you said, this I know it's a loss, and I know I don't want to victories. A loss is a loss. We exactly this. It's not all bad. It's gonna get better. You know, I know. I feel like as Patriots fans, we're a little spoiled in what all those years of dominance. This but year, it's gonna get better. This year just told me there's too many fucking what ifs, and I, I hate to get it really like verbal. I'm just so pissed because looking against the, the Dolphins game, that Devonte uh, uh, Devonte Parker, if it, that pass interference is called. Uh, if Mac Jones just stops throwing interceptions, if Isaiah Wynn stops jumping offsides and actually protects the quarterback, if Nelson Aguilar holds on to the football, I know these are a lot of what ifs, but those what ifs could have us three and one right now. Because I'll give the Dolphins game. The Ravens game should have been a win. The Packers game should have been a win. And who else am I missing? Uh, we won against Pittsburgh. That's what you're missing. So. Okay, well, see, that, that could go back and forth. But, like, it, it's... We realistically should be three and one, if not for our own blunders. And this team could—I I honestly look at this team. This is the worst playoff team I've ever seen. Like they should be a playoff team, and they're not. It just sucks. Isaiah Wynn's got to go to guard through and through. He, no, he needs to go to the retirement home or go to like Sycamore College or somewhere else and just play there. Sycamore College. Well, <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. College, I forget. It doesn't fucking matter. Get go him and Miles Bryant. I'll pay for your trip. So Rob, like you said, we've become kind of spoiled as Patriots fans, and some people, not to give away too much of my young age, but some people, the whole time we've been watching Patriots football, they've been good, at really good. And I will say this: yes, one play different, we would have won that game one or two plays different, one less penalty, all this and that. But I think that's how a lot of fan bases are every single year. I think that's how – actually, I know because I know a lot of Jets fans. That's how the Jets are every single year. And this year, episode is sponsored by Evan Williams at Alcohol. <laughs> every <laughs> single year, I hear from my Jets friends, oh, we should have won. Oh, the Jets dropped that pass. We should have won. Jack is going to implode. No, I don't want to, no, Jets have nothing to stand on. They have not been good for a long time, and I don't see it being good. They're versus the teams, they're winning games in, in spite of it. Like, if you have 58 minutes in a game, the Jets lose to the damn Browns. With who at quarterback? I look, I don't want to hear it. That kid that's yeah. getting ice cream after every Jets win, I'm telling you right now, it's going to come and fold. You're going to have like four or five ice creams more left. That's it. <laughs> I just think. Ahead, Every NFL team that's gone one and three in NFL history, the fan base has said, "Oh, we could have won that game. We could have won that game, but we didn't." But if it's not for the damn, oh, okay. I mean, it's a fair assessment to make. I love comments, but no, come on. It's a fair assessment to make because you always, when you lose, you always look back and you review. It's a very fair assessment to make. But let's move forward. Last but certainly not least, the Cardinals at the pan in the Panthers, Rob. What were your thoughts on the Cardinals and the Panthers? Baker Mayfield is the worst quarterback in football. He has the worst QBR of 15.3. McCaffrey should demand a trade. I, I don't know why. <sighs> Look, I think that when – let's go back to – let's go to the cards. I think when uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back, that Cards offense is going to explode. Like, they're going to – they're the be- I feel like they're the best team in the division. I don't think it's close. I think that, like, if – all that really needs to happen is 
Kyler Murray needs to use his feet more because when that man scrambles or move or just runs, fuck you, Shady McCoy. You don't know what you're talking about. Whenever that man scrambles and actually gets out of the pocket and he runs, he's on. He's a video game character. It's, it's crazy. And it was probably the sloppiest game I've ever seen. Just back and forth, turnover and turnover, 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 turnover. But I think yeah, once DeAndre Hopkins get back, look out. Nick? Yeah, so this game kind of went exactly how I predicted. Neither neither team made me believe in them, uh, more or less. Um, I will I will talk about Matt Rule because we did we were uh, saying that maybe he should get fired last week, and if he continues to put in Baker Mayfield, then he should be fired. Baker Baker's that just that bad. I think that I mean I would rather have Sam Darnold any day than Baker because it, it's Baker's just can't can't make what fifty percent completion. So um, I think that yeah, Chris, Christian, you hit it on the nail with the Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they need a they they need to just it's a dumpster fire in in Carolina. They need to trade McCaffrey, trade maybe even DJ Moore. Moore does not want to. I tell on his face, he does not want to be there. He should, yeah. call, he should call Old Dell's dad and ask him how to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, yeah, no. Go ahead, Tom. So the only time, like we've all been saying, the only time that the Panthers' offense looked good, looked like something that should be on an NFL field, was when McCaffrey had the ball. Whether it was a, just just a little check down, and then he turns it into a first down. Uh, every he, he, had, he had a couple of, of rushes for 10, 11 yards. And there was nothing inspiring, but all they had was get the ball to McCaffrey and let him work his magic. That's not sustainable. That's not going to win you very many games at all. And That's then, injury history. Y- yes, Mayfield shouldn't be starting, but well, so Darnold's still a little little injured right now. Um, I don't know how soon he'll be back if he'd be ready in next week or in a couple weeks. Uh, and then you have what PJ Walker. So there isn't, there just isn't a lot of options. Matt Crowell's out for a season. Oh, he did? He is? Oh, well, I wouldn't He's know right. because they stuck that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're kind of stuck with Baker for this year. Uh, and, man, he just threw interceptions. It, it wasn't just that he threw interceptions. It's that he threw them at the absolute worst possible times. The absolute worst, worst times. The Panthers finally had momentum. They forced a fumble and had the ball in their own territory. And Mayfield throws an interception on that drive. They don't even get a field goal out of it. Okay, now you're down by three, ten minutes left in the game, and you throw another interception. So, just a mess. I will say this. Hollywood Brown starting to look really good. He had a gorgeous touchdown catch. And he would have had another earlier on in the game, but there was a pass interference. And it was one of those pass interferences where he stopped him because he was in for the touchdown. So... Yes, you bring back uh, DeAndre Hopkins and let him take a little bit of that uh, pressure off Hollywood Brown. Uh, now now the defenses have to scheme for both of them. There's a lot of potential there uh, down and the road. Earth, and Earth. Earth's just yeah. being the guy that just catches yeah. it when you need him to catch it. Like You don't even need him to be that much of a difference maker. It's just that like how, how do you combat that? I look at him and I'm like, He's like a smaller version of Lamar Jackson. He is. The fucker can run. He runs like a toddler, but he gets run. 
<laughs> like a toddler. Right. Okay. I'm not going to defend Matt Rule here, but... Don't! He sucks! Let's be honest here. We know what you're going to get in Sam Darnold. If if you're him, what do you do? I mean, he's in, yeah, he's, you he's drafted him. during drafting. He like, come on. At some point, you have to try to you have to point out the coaching. You gotta be like, this is this guy's fucking up. I mean, yes. Could you quote unquote nuke it, trade away McCaffrey and more, and maybe bring him a developmental? Bring in Matt Ryan next year. At this point, they just keep recycling quarterbacks like the Colts. I mean, McCaffrey is all this team has. They cannot trade McCaffrey because it's literally all they have on offense. What do you have to lose at this point? <laughs> yeah, what it, they, they should what trade McCaffrey. Uh, well, what's a draft pick going to do for you? You're not going to draft Christian McCaffrey. That's very That's very true. That's yeah, very that's true. That's ability is availability. And he's always injured. So like, yeah. what do you have to lose if you get like a third rounder out of him? Which I don't think you even get that much. What does, want, what, does, uh, what does the... Paying like an aging running back on the bottom a bottom five team do for you? The shelf exactly. life of a running back is three and a half years. You're not gonna, like at this point you might exactly. well get somebody in the draft and, and like ex- fire Mac rule for for one. <laughs> go get somebody else, anybody. I I'll, I'll go call up Helen Keller. Maybe she could figure the fuck out. I, I if, might. I don't know. If you are the Panthers front office. Your end oh, goal, be fired too. Your end goal right now should be to have, and this is a lock. They need to be the number one pick in the draft. They need to go after a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud because this, yeah, I'd be willing to give it anything to get as high in the draft as possible because this current form of this team, no swapping of pieces or nothing. You, their offensive coordinator is Ben McAdoo. <laughs> I just looked it up. I was like, I know, I remember seeing him during the game. Is he the GM or is, is he the offensive coordinator? He's the off- offensive coordinator. That answers a lot of questions. You got Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo. Big time. I mean, go ahead. I can see one person in this entire universe besides the Good Lord that could save the Panthers next year, and that would be Sean Payton. That's what. That's what I could see. I, I don't see I don't any other coach coming that. in and turning that ship around. I, I don't know if I would even say that because Sean Payton, you could look at how many years he had Drew Brees. He had how many seven and nine seasons he had with Drew Brees. I would argue somebody in I'm my I'm not life. saying he will. I'm saying if anyone can. The <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know money, who else you'd hire. Tom, the amount of money that if I were Sean Payton that I would ask for to go to a franchise like the Panthers. I'd want my bank account to look like Fort Knox. I'll tell you what. <laughs> if I'm the GM, Sean, make him the coach. Give sure. him all the money you got. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm, I'm in the gold mine because I can sit and wait for the perfect opportunity. I can tell you now, there's going to be 10 better opportunities than the Panthers. Shoot. If I'm Sean Payton at the Panthers call me, I'm saying you call me back when you can triple whatever the next team offers me. You can't call me until you start printing money. Right. But what better place to prove yourself and to to prove that he wasn't just riding the coattails of Drew Brees all those years is to turn a team like the Panthers around, start from scratch. I don't know because, yeah, he said – he would only be interested interested to return in quote the right situation, 
We don't know what the right situation means. (laughs) It could be that he's looking for a great team. Maybe the right situation is what's the biggest dumpster fire I can find. 99% chance that's not the case, but like I said, if there's a chance. Boy, the Panthers aren't a dumpster fire. That's the dumpster barge, my man. (laughs) Golly. Like, it... I'm Sean Payton. I don't care who you could put Andy Reid on the as the Panthers head coach, and I don't think even. Uh, no, I don't know about that one. Andy Reid is something else. Like he would turn around that. I think he would turn. So you 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 you, you fumbled your steps. I think he would turn that franchise around. That's it. But he would tell Ben McAdoo to just go file for unemployment. I mean, yeah, he'd probably bring the enemy with him because we all know the enemy's not going to be a head coach, but that's another day, another day, another conversation. But that Panthers team is, I'd have to say, if you look at all 32 teams, the Panthers are the farthest away from being successful out of any team in the NFL. And I will die on that hill. Yeah, I could see them having a top five draft pick for sure in the next two, three, maybe even four years. Oh, yes. I don't think you're wrong. I thought Atlanta was a top top three pick. And if Coral Patterson doesn't go down, I mean, look at what they did against the Rams. If not. Exactly. I, Atlanta's on the rise. So, exactly. I, and it, and I, I couldn't even say the Seahawks. I said the Seahawks, too. Look at how Pete Carroll's proven that, that, that it's not all Russell Wilson. So, yeah, exactly. you're right. It, it's, it's the Panthers. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, and for the Panthers, a majority of the one person who has ruined that team for many years to come, and he's long gone, and you can doubt me all you want, but it's Dave Gettle. He destroyed that team. He is a cancer. But with that being said, this has been another episode of the House Call Podcast. Remember, you can't watch the videos. You want to listen to us while you're out and about? We're on Spotify. Give us a listen. We've got fantastic sponsors. We're on all your social medias. TikTok, we just hit a thousand followers. Lives on TikTok coming soon. Keep your eye on the TikTok. Thank you so much for all the follows. Instagram, Twitter, we're there. We've got blogs coming at the regular. This is the House Call Podcast. We're coming at you live. The House Call Podcast signing off. Every single player is either performed to what you thought they would be, outperformed what they thought you would be, or been a really big disappointment. I'm talking about, you know, outside of one performance, Justin Jefferson week one, he 